In the name of the glorious Trinity, Father and Son and Holy Spirit, forever. Amen. Glory be to the everlasting mercies which sent you to us, O Christ, the light of the world and the life of all. Give us wisdom by your law and enlighten our impulses by your knowledge. Sanctify our souls by your truth and grant that we may be obedient to your words and may fulfill your commandments at every hour. O you who enlightens the rational with the knowledge of your greatness, do enlighten, O my Lord, our thoughts, that we may meditate upon your holy and divine scriptures at all times, O Lord of all, Father and Son and Holy Spirit forever. Amen. Sometimes uh, I'm asked to define Christianity in one word. And there's one word that always comes to mind and we throw it around here and there and everywhere is the word grace. Uh, Christianity is a religion of grace, the grace of God through Jesus Christ. And grace is defined as an extension of the love, compassion and mercy of God. In Romans chapter 5, verses 8 to 9, St. Paul writes, Here God demonstrates his love for us because if when we were sinners, that means deserving of eternal damnation, that is the privation of a relationship with God, eternal punishment in hell, the Messiah, Christ, died for our place, in our place or died for us. How much more, therefore, would we all more be justified now by his blood, that is the blood of Jesus Christ, and be delivered from the wrath by him? This is grace, beloved. Grace is not when you show love to someone who loves you. Grace is not when you love someone who is your friend, your family, your relative. Grace is showing love and charity to a person that has hurt you, that has wronged you, or even you don't know. So while we were yet sinners, when we were sinners, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, died on our behalf. And that's the grace of God. One of the gifts of the grace of God is that he has, one of many, and one that really um, strikes me, is that he has declared us to be, now listen to this, us meaning Christians, those who have believed in Jesus Christ and have been baptized in his name, in the name of the Trinity, and have received his Holy Spirit. God has declared us to be sharers of the divine nature. We have a divine nature. That's why we are called gods. We too are God. We too are Christians Christ-like, we too are godly, godlike. And this all by grace. We read this in second epistle of St. Peter, chapter 1, verse 4. So the question is, how do we respond to grace? What is our obligation to this grace? What is it that we have to strive in order to appease lack of a better term, appease the grace of God. Second Peter chapter 1, verses 5 to 7, Peter goes on to say, And when this has happened, that we are sharers of the divine nature, now we need to bring 
all diligence and add to your faith. Listen to these words. We're going to talk about these. Add to our faith virtue, meaning believing that Jesus Christ, God, his Father, has saved us through the blood of his Christ by his grace. Believing that, we need to add to that faith. This is the response to grace, beloved. Virtue. We're going to talk about these. <coughs> Excuse me. And unto our virtue, knowledge. And unto knowledge, perseverance. And unto perseverance, patience. And to patience, the worship of, of God. But unto the worship, that means fear and love of God, the affection of the brotherhood. But unto affection of the brotherhood, he ends it up with love. Let's define this, beloved. Now, I'm going to refer to the commentaries of the blessed Theophylact. I've uh, uh, quoted him and mentioned him a few times. The blessed Theophylact was a Byzantine Archbishop of Ohrid or Akrida, what is known Bulgaria now. And this is circa 1050, 1108. He writes this. In 2 Peter 1, St. Peter lays out the order which we are to follow to come into full maturity, our response to the grace of God, our reaction to the grace of God. First comes faith, obviously. Faith, which is the foundation and source of all good Works Romans chapter 10, verse 9, St. Paul writes, And if you will confess with your mouth our Lord Jesus, and you will believe, believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall have life, that is new life with Jesus Christ. There's another simple equation. We talked about this last episode about, <coughs> excuse me, how to, how to, what actions to take when someone has wronged you. This is another equation. Not just be, merely believe in Jesus Christ, many, many believe in Jesus. Some believe that he was a very good prophet. No, he was not just a very good prophet. He was a perfect prophet. He was the prophet of the prophets. Some believe that Jesus Christ was the nice and the good brother of Satan, Satan was the bad brother. This is blasphemy. This is um, heresy. And, and um, you know, I only mention it as ridicule. So believing in Jesus Christ is great, is, is the first and foremost. But we must believe. This is, this is the, the essence of Christianity, beloved. And you must believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. Because if Jesus was not raised from the dead, then our faith, St. Paul says, is invalid. There's nothing in our faith. That's why we must believe. There is a reason why we must believe. We believe in the resurrection of our Lord so that we confirm our own resurrection. This is what we need to believe in. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, Lord Christ, praise be to his name, the Lord, the Christ, the Son of God, but also believe in our hearts that God has raised him. Why? Romans 10, sorry, Romans 6 3 to 4, verses 3 to 4. Those of us who were baptized into Jesus, the Messiah, that is the Christ, were baptized into his death. 
Listen to this. We were buried with him in baptism into death, for as Jesus the Christ arose from among the dead in the glory of his Father, this is why we must believe in our hearts that Jesus was resurrected by God, his Father. In this way, we also shall walk in new life, that we have a new life with Jesus Christ, and that new life will extend into the kingdom of heaven if we remain steadfast in our life and we continue to appease him and to follow him and to believe him and to trust him and to live in his life because he is the way, the truth and life. St. John Chrysostom writes about baptism. Listen to what he says. What does being baptized into his death mean? That it is with a view to our dying as he did. For baptism is the cross. So, What the cross and burial is to Christ, that baptism has been to us, even if if not in the same respects. Why? For he, Jesus, died himself. He He wasn't a sinner. He wasn't worthy of death. Death wasn't proclaimed upon him. No, it was proclaimed upon man. That's why he took our flesh. For he died himself and buried in the flesh, but we have done both to sin. But yet, it is the death of Jesus Christ and the resurrection which we must believe. So first and foremost comes faith. And St. Paul writes the two amazing aspects of faith, that Jesus Christ is Lord, but we must also believe in his resurrection. In the Nicene Creed, we continue that not only we believe in Jesus Christ, who died and suffered and died and was buried and rose and third on ascended on, uh, was sorry, I'm sorry, rose on the third day, ascended into heaven. If we stay and remain there, our faith is flawed, but we believe that he will return. This is the faith that we need. So you believe that? You believe Jesus is the Son of God? Meaning God himself, praise be to his name. Sinless, perfect, took on our flesh, fulfilled his ministry for three years, and was captured and wrongly judged, and was beaten, battered, he suffered, he was crucified, he died, he was buried, he rose on the third day, ascended into heaven after 40 days, and then we'll come back again. Great. That's first step. The blessed Theophilact goes on to say, now this is our response to the grace of God. Having faith, next comes virtue, <coughs> Excuse me, by which means good works. For without good works, our faith is dead. It's so simple, so simple. Please read James chapter 2, verse 26. And don't correct St. James. If we believe the scriptures are breathed, and inspired by the Holy Spirit, don't correct St. James to justify our own uh, ideology or our own understanding of the Holy Scriptures. No, James put it very simply. Faith without deeds is dead. Our good deeds, beloved, our good deeds, which are essential and necessary, why? They also assure us assure us that we have been created in Jesus Christ. Listen to what Paul writes to the Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. For we are his creation, who are created in Jesus the Christ for good works. Those things which God had from the first prepared that we should walk in them. Virtue, well-mannered, good works, morality, ethics. 
Then next comes unto virtue, knowledge. That is an understanding of the secret things hidden in God, the mysteries, which are not revealed to everyone, beloved. You know, many people cannot cannot see the, the, the mystery in Jesus Christ, the mystery of the incarnation, the mystery of the resurrection, the mystery of the, the miraculous birth. Why? Because... Only those who continue faithfully in the works already mentioned above, they, to those, will be revealed the mysteries of God. We are to increase knowledge in what is the will of God, what is good and pleasing to God, Romans 12, 2. So after virtue comes knowledge, to increase on, on upon our knowledge abstinence, temperance, self-control. Why? Why does St. Paul include self-control? So that when we do possess the virtues and knowledge and the faith so that we are not puffed up, we are not haughty, we're not arrogant, we're not disdained, lack of respect as a result. And many people do fall into that temptation, into those snares. Because they know to, how to quote scriptures, you know, some people define Christianity as when, you're, when you can quote scriptures left, right and center. Sometimes out of context and sometimes those scriptures are not relative to what you're talking about or what, what, the, what, the, what the topic or the situation is. So when we do have faith, we have virtue, we know the, the mysteries of God have been, have been revealed to us. We need to have self-control to humble ourselves always. Always be humble. Beloved, there is not one person that has walked the earth that is all-knowing, that can do everything, that is everywhere, omniscient, omnipotent, omni, um, omnipresent, the Lord Jesus Christ, yet he humbled himself to the point where he washed his disciples' feet, and he took the spittle. And I always say it because uh, in Sunday's um, um, uh, the matins, the prayers, that was mentioned that he's tell, Jesus tells Simon that I took that spit on your behalf, right? Yet he humbled himself. But he was all-knowing, omnipresent, omniscient, and omni, um, omnipotent. I have to think about those, I'm sorry. So to humble ourselves, to have self-control. If we know, as much as we know, we should always declare that we know nothing. Because every day, beloved, God puts us to shame. When we think we know and God reveals something to us, we, we crumble away and think, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, God's telling you, listen, don't puff up. Don't be haughty. You know nothing. You think you know me. You think you know of me. You know nothing of me. Because no man can know completely of me and who I am or what I am. No. But what is revealed to you in the mystery. And that according to the will of the Holy Spirit. Then comes patience. Which is an attribute of the 1 Corinthians chapter 13, love. We're going to talk about that next episode. Patience follows next because it takes time, beloved, to acquire temperance. It takes time for you to grow in faith. 
It takes time for you to to uh, increase your virtues, to gain virtues, the good deeds, to fulfill the good deeds. It takes time to know the mysteries of God. And it also takes time to build self-control. Sometimes we rush ourselves. Sometimes because I'm not like my friend is in faith, in his knowledge, in his virtues, we tend to dis- be discouraged. But be patient. God is patient with you. You know, God is so patient with us. It is us who are impatient with ourselves. We want to rush things. If we're a little bit adherent and we listen to the word of God and the voice of God, he is telling us, Don't, I'm, not, I'm not rushing with you. I'm patient with you. I understand your flaws. I understand your weakness. You have been given an ability to take your time. Someone else has that capability. No, to, to get it as soon as they, they hear it. You know, um, I have to sometimes read when I'm reading a news article or even the scriptures or the church fathers' commentaries, I have to read a sentence maybe three or four times. And then maybe I have to go back and read it word by word. If you, okay, he's talking to me, are such as, okay, this is what I, and then, ah, I understand it. But there are some people will read it and off the bat they understand it. But that doesn't mean that I don't know and I don't have faith, I don't have virtues. Time. Be patient with yourself, first of all with God, with yourself and with others. We're going to talk about that next uh, next episode. Patience, beloved, increases our trust in God, writes the blessed Theophilus, which is why godliness then comes first. The more we are like God, the more we become like God with our faith, virtues, knowledge, abstinence, patience, The more we are like God, the more we trust in God, the more we are patient, we trust in God, which is why godliness is next. To increase on your patience, godliness. And as I said, the more we are like God, the more we are compelled by that likeness to to do what? To create another world? No. To, um, um, you know... Uh, give salvation to... No, we can introduce people to Christ through whom is only salvation. No, to brotherly love, which is the next on the list. Brotherly love. The 1 Corinthians 13 love. Patient, long-suffering and sweet, pleasant, kind love. The unenvious love. The non-upset and puffed-up love. The shameless, selfless, well-mannered, moral love. The unprovocable and clean-minded love. The evil-hating love. The truth-loving love. An enduring, believing, hopeful and bearing love, beloved. Why? Because God is love and the godly must also portray and reflect that love writes the blessed Theophilact. So this must be our response to grace, not only to define it, not only to use it to to sometimes, and, and, you know, I'm sorry to say, to condemn people to hell because they don't know grace, they don't understand grace. No, you leave that to God. Let's leave hell and heaven to God, beloved. Let's leave the righteous judgment of God to the righteous judge, not you, and no one else. 
because God is the only righteous God who judges without partiality. What you and I need to do is, in order to understand grace, is to have a response to this grace. And that is, number one, to believe in that grace, on our faith, to increase that virtue, good deeds, because of the grace of God, and on the good deeds, the knowledge, that is to know the, uh, the mysteries of God, and then to abstain, have temperance, self-control, not to be buff, puffed up, and have patience so that we can be patient with ourselves and others and God firstly, and then on patience, godliness, that means being more like God and ending it with brotherly love. This should be our response. This should be our, our gratitude to the grace of God. Because when we face the ultimate judgment, God is not going to ask you and I to define grace. Just knowing what grace is, and no one should dare to say, I understand it fully. No, no. Knowing what grace is and who grace is from and who through, I'm sorry, and who gave us the grace, which is God through his son, knowing it is like the person who hears the word of God and does not fulfill it. And Jesus likened that person to a foolish person. But when we hear the grace of God and we have a an understanding enough for us to move in faith, virtue, knowledge, and what we have been speaking about. And the God of all love and consolation will grant us his blissful kingdom when the day comes to judge us according to his perfect righteousness. Praise and glory be to his name now and at all times and forever. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. Please don't forget to rate and review this podcast and share with your friends and family. For any future topic suggestions or to give us detailed feedback, please visit our link in the show notes, linktr.ee forward slash double edged sword. Until next time, God bless you all.